November 27th. And now we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament. And today's reading will come from the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 through 21. Here's a, a brief overview of what 2 Peter is all about. When he wrote this book, the apostle was conscious that death was near and that the church was in danger. For false teachers were creeping in. He urged the believers to hold to the precious word and grow spiritually, and to identify and shun false teachers, and to keep the promise of Christ's return uppermost in their hearts. He stressed spiritual knowledge that comes from God's word. And you'll have power for the present. That's what uh, the first chapter here teaches. When you trusted Christ, He gave you all that you need for life and godliness. All you have to do is appropriate what you need from His resources. His Word feeds the divine nature within, and you can grow in knowledge and in grace. This is not automatic. You must be diligent to use the means of grace that God has provided. You'll have assurance from the past. Peter would be martyred soon, so he took occasion to remind his readers that they could trust the Word of God. Although Peter's experience on the Mount of Transfiguration was wonderful, my friend, experiences are not a substitute for the unchanging Word of God. And you'll have hope for the future. The Word is a light in this dark world, pointing to the return of the Lord. Private interpretation means that no prophecy should be isolated from the rest of Scripture or interpreted apart from the leading of the Spirit who gave it to us. The Spirit wrote one book, and it must be understood as a whole. Believers may differ on individual matters of prophecy, but uh, they all agree on the one hope, and that is Jesus is coming again, and He's coming soon. And now let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. November 27, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 21. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you who share the same precious faith we have, faith given to us by Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, who makes us right with God. May God bless you with His special favor and wonderful peace as you come to know Jesus, our God and Lord, better and better. As we know Jesus better, His divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive His own glory and goodness, and by that same mighty power, He has given us all of His rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that you will escape the decadence all around you, caused by evil desires, and that you will share in His divine nature. So make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. Then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. A life of moral excellence leads to knowing God better. Knowing God leads to self-control. Self-control leads to patient endurance and patient endurance leads to godliness. Godliness leads to love for other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. The more you grow like this, 
the more you will become productive and useful in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop these virtues are blind, or at least very short-sighted. They have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Doing this, you will never stumble or fall away. And God will open wide the gates of heaven for you to enter into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I plan to keep on reminding you of these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth. Yes, I believe I should keep on reminding you of these things as long as I live. But the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that my days here on earth are numbered, and I am soon to die. So I will work hard to make these things clear to you. I want you to remember them long after I am gone. For we are not making up clever stories when we told you about the power of our Lord Jesus Christ and His coming again. We have seen His majestic splendor with our own eyes, and He received honor and glory from God the Father when God's glorious majestic voice called down from heaven, This is my beloved Son. I am fully pleased with Him. We ourselves heard the voice when we were there with Him on the holy mountain. Because of that, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Pay close attention, for their words are like a light shining in a dark place. Until the day Christ appears, and His brilliant light shines in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophets themselves or because they wanted to prophesy. It was the Holy Spirit who moved the prophets to speak from God. Psalm 119, verses 97-112 through 112. Those who love God's Word and obey it develop a practical wisdom for guiding their lives. It's dangerous to learn from your enemies, and both your teachers and your elderly friends may not know what you need to know. So learn all you can from every good source, but let God, not man, be your teacher. You see, my friend, in a dark world, God's Word can be your light. To keep you from the traps and detours of the enemy. God gives you the light you need a step at a time. That's why it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. If you want more light, you must obey what he says. Then more light will come. God sends the light into your heart and gives you the wisdom you need. Are you ugly with people? Are you selfish? Are you complaining and grumbling? Are you competitive, comparing, gossiping, lusting, frustrated, angry? Well, wait a second. Remember 
Watch how God did it. Now, anytime the, the Bible says, hey, watch God or watch how God does it, uh, he's come to us in full HD display in the person of Jesus. So the point is, watch Jesus. Look at the life of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the expansive love of Jesus. Now, in light of that, live like Jesus, think like Jesus and act like Jesus. Now, how are you doing? That's what Paul's saying. How are you? Are you doing? How you doing? You look like Jesus on Mondays or Tuesdays. Again, this is not the moment where you're like, "Yeah, I'm nailing it." Okay, you definitely aren't. That's called pride. So, for the rest of us, right? Like you're already off to a bad start, buddy. Trust me. You little rich young ruler. Okay, so. But for the rest of us, you got to in moments like these are humbling moments, which is not a bad thing, where you look and go, "Yeah, it's not great." Okay. Awesome. We got some help coming your way today. Okay. If you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling it actually not doing a totally great job in light of like does everything for us and doesn't expect really anything in return. It's just extravagant. And he just totally loves us. And he's always there for us. Love like that. So how are you doing? Um, not great. Not great at all. Okay. No problem. He says, now wisdom is essential. If you're going to do this, if you're going to live like Jesus and look like Jesus on an average Monday or ordinary Tuesday, you need wisdom. He says, I want you to walk wise and not unwise. Well, what is wisdom? He'll explain. Verse 18, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. He associates wisdom with a realization of how, how should I say, expensive and essential time is. He's associating wisdom and time, which is to say those who are wise understand that the commodity of time is absolutely imperative and the most precious thing you have, time. Time is so beautiful. It's so precious. Are you utilizing the time you have? What are you, are you wasting time? Are you negligent with your time? Or are you recognizing that time is passing? Life is short. You only got one shot. Jesus lived with an obvious urgency. He understood that his days and his moments were limited. Can you imagine traveling from eternity into time and space? That'll give you some perspective. This time and space continuum, it is it is going to come to a close. And for most of us, it is sooner than we think. You say, well, Judah, I'm going to live till I'm 110. Exactly. Sooner than you think. This will all be done and over with. He's saying, are you realizing that life is short? Time is short. Are you using your time wisely? Psalm 119, verses 97 through 112. Oh, how I love your, the Lord's law. I think about it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for your commands are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your decrees. I am even wiser than my elders. For I have kept your commandments. I have refused to walk on any path of evil, that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your laws, for you have taught me well. How sweet are your words to my taste! They are sweeter than honey, 
Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once, and I'll promise again. I will obey your wonderful laws. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again, just as you promised. Lord, accept my grateful thanks, and teach me your laws. My life constantly hangs in the balance, but I will not stop obeying your law. The wicked have set their traps for me along your path, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your decrees are my treasure. They are truly my heart's delight. I am determined to keep your principles even forever to the very end. Proverbs chapter 28, verses 17 and 18. A murderer's tormented conscience will drive him into the grave. Don't protect him. The honest will be rescued from harm, but those who are crooked will be destroyed.